welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. We are inevitable. Yeah. Uh, you guys can keep talking. I just got to finish ordering my tickets for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's, purchase. That's, that's a future they Good. call this a movie, <laughs> if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, how's it, how, how are you guys doing tonight? Good? Good. Very good. good. Uh, yeah. Excited for this episode. Yes, yeah. uh, it is a very special episode. Usually, we'd be sitting here getting ready to talk about a movie that we all three of us would probably hate in one degree or another. Uh, but no, this week is different. Uh, we We're did... breaking down the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer frame by frame oh, for God. an entire hour. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is no, going to get uh... wild with this Sonic the Hedgehog thing because it's going to go past today. That's a Patreon exclusive. Uh, <laughs> so, in due time. No, this is a special episode because even though we decided to do the 1983 movie Endgame last week to cover us for Avengers Endgame, we decided, you know what? We're just going to talk about Avengers Endgame this week. Um, kind of the uh, opening movies this week are a little weak. Uh, we could have done Garbage Pail Kids, the movie for Ugly Dolls, but... Uh, I already wrote an article about that last year. Maybe I'll put that uh, link that in the bio. So if anybody's looking for some bad movie reviews, uh, we can uh, supplement your uh, your needs there. But no, we're going to talk Avengers Endgame because uh, we all saw it over the weekend. Some of us more than once. Uh, and uh, we figured throw our hats in the ring to discuss it. Uh, we will not be talking about Game of Thrones uh, this week. Uh, it's just Avengers Endgame. So, uh, guys... Going into this uh, movie, this event, shall we say, as it's broken near near every single box office record that it could in uh, a span of five days. Uh, what was your expectations going in? What did you think of Infinity War? What have you thought of the MCU up until this point? Uh, it's weird because I had a feeling you were going to lead off with that because you usually do. How How can you... How could you answer that question? Like, what were your expectations and what were your thoughts going in? Just like, you've been throughout, you've been with it since 2008. So, could expectations get any higher, really? I think that's the real question. I mean, this might have been the most hyped movie in our lifetime by far. So, just to say expectations were high is a little much, or not much, as a. Is an undersell, I would say, uh, but yeah, I was I was very much looking forward to it, and obviously I've seen every single movie, I've seen all the Marvel movies prior to the MCU, so this was yeah th- this was my well I said this was my moon landing pretty much. <laughs> Mark, yeah, so um, yeah, I was I was excited. The fact that I agreed to see it at eleven o'clock showing the day before having work the next morning. Um, was Mark like, get I, over it? We we <laughs> we do a twenty four hour streaming marathon for you once a year. Get over it. <laughs> I was making a point that if I wasn't excited about this movie, I wouldn't have 
seen it that late in the evening God. going out there. That there's was my a, There's point. a cross right next to Jesus for you and your sacrifice, Mark. <laughs> All right. So back to the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. So oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, are you going to do that for the, for that movie, Mark? Are you going <laughs> to? And we're going to the midnight showing, right? Oh no, I'm probably seeing that by myself. I already know that. <laughs> and we'll go. I know Ant's going to go to that with you. I uh, probably not. As, <laughs> as I mentioned, I'm not a, I'm not a Sonic guy. Yeah. So, but anyway. Um, anyway, Mark. back to my point. Um. So yeah, I was I was really excited to see it just because uh, I really loved uh, the the last bunch of movies that have come out in terms of you know infinity war and black panther and captain marvel spider-man you know it was, it was a nice run going up here and it was just getting me more and more excited i was probably the most excited for any movie in a long time um for this one uh here so probably probably for marvel the most excited i've been since maybe winter soldier just when i heard the premise of that movie um since i i do lean a little bit into more of the spy territory in terms of movies I've liked historically. So, um, yeah, getting into that theater, just, just the anticipation of watching it with, with a large crowd like that instead of, you know, either at home or in a smaller theater um, was exciting. Um, uh, I don't know, you guys probably, um, I don't know if Dan saw a difference in the two showings he saw in terms of energy or if it was the same, but um, I had I hadn't felt anything like that in a theater since going to um, a movie theater to watch uh, uh, being a Philadelphian and watch when they did Rocky Balboa in the theater. And just that anticipation of everybody in that theater was invested in that movie. Um, it, w- it was, it was a pretty cool feeling. A lot of the, a lot of the cheers, some unexpected for certain things. Um, some things that you can tell they wanted a cheer for didn't really get as much of a um, reaction. And I've heard talking to other people, that it was different spots in different parts of the movie um, were cheered louder than others, depending on the crowd you had. Um, so it was interesting that it wasn't one of those movies that these were the six spots that they wanted to land to get cheers. It was at least a dozen or more I've heard from people I've talked to. So um, it, it, I, I haven't, I, not being a big time, you know, Star Wars guy, I've never had a, a movie anticipating going in and, you know, uh, being that in that invested i don't know if that answers the question the way you want mark uh always takes the opportunity to bet hate star wars we all know that oh wait aren't weren't you excited for fast eight wasn't that your like your well, holy grail or whatever um i'm just saying now if we're going to compare yeah in terms of movies that i like in genres i i was excited for fast seven uh, more than anything, or you know, Furious Seven or whatever, because they change the naming titles on those all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, those movies I get ridiculously excited for because I know I'm just gonna have fun for two hour and a half, two hours. You know, this isn't like a you know they try and string together a story through the whole movies there, um, but it's not like this where it's ten years, twenty two movies mm-hmm. question mark. Um, and just this, and they did, they found a way to make three hours seem like it just blew by, um, you know, which was a, a pretty big feat. I mean, we watch movies all the time that range anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. And, you know, yeah, sometimes drags. those are a struggle. Yeah. But this is amazing. I saw a great joke that, uh, you know, doing the comparison with DC and Marvel of people yelling at Zack Snyder about having a three hour cut of Justice League. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and Warner Brothers wanting them to cut it. And, you know, Disney is basically like to Marvel. Can, it, there's nothing else you can add. You've gotten everything. <laughs> right. It's, it, it, they have open range. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm, I'm glad that you put, you brought up the, um, the, the character, or not the character, the audience energy. Because uh, when Jen and I went on opening night Thursday, the crowd was like totally into it. They were cheering over every little thing. And normally it's annoying, but for this movie, I feel like it helped make it a little better. Uh, because it, like Mark was saying that sometimes where they wanted you to cheer, maybe they didn't. In our theater, they definitely cheered for all the all the minor details and everything. Uh, and the second time we saw it, it was a little bit more subdued. We went a little earlier. We went to a 10 o'clock showing. And there were some kids there, but nothing, no one went crazy. There was a couple of laughs, you know, there was laughs and whatnot, but no cheering. So it, it was a different viewing on the second time around. I was able to really listen to all the characters and what they were saying. And I actually wound up getting a little bit more emotional the second time around because the first time I felt like there was just so much going on. You're paying attention to so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot to, it's a lot to take in, but I'm glad I saw it twice. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I was pretty excited for this. Uh, I've, I've kind of gone up and down when it, when it comes to Marvel, I, I've never really disli- truly disliked one as much as I rag on age of Ultron. Um, <laughs> age of, and, what would you call it? Age of age Sucktron. Sucktron. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think that's a particularly good installment uh, of the MCU, and the Thor movies are really more than anything. I just don't really remember them. Uh, well, the first two were terrible. Yeah, and I, I think I, I've started. They've started to. I think they've started to hit consistency in the past phase or so. Um, I there's plenty in the first couple of phases that I, I actually didn't see in theaters. And I think besides Thor Ragnarok, which just never wound up happening in terms of, you know, it was your wedding that weekend. And then you know, right. I never got around to see it after that. Um, I think I've seen mo- just about all of them in, in theaters. So um, so I guess uh, I guess I'm getting cl- more and more um, of a of a Marvel fanboy. Uh, but no, I, I mean, as as you guys said, you know, this was an easy three hours. I could have watched a four hour cut of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was it ex as somehow it it met and exceeded all expectations after as good of as Infinity War was um, as as well as they were able to do that uh, and the anticipation that movie created uh, was it delivered completely. Um, I think this is just going to be a uh, a love fest uh, podcast episode, which you know what we deserve it after some of the movies we've watched recently. <laughs> yeah, we we get to kick back and relax on this one, and really uh, just, especially after uh, Left Behind. Ooh, yeah, I think that that one's got ripple effects for our sanity. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely, and this is a well deserved vacation. Yeah, uh, I think um, this what this felt like to me a perfect series finale of a tv show um i i think i think it's like the the series finale of parks and recreation was like perfectly crafted where it kind of it gave each of the characters the ending that they deserved and it kind of gave fan service to 
the fans, you know, they kind of figured what the fans would want to see in a series finale of, of Parks and Rec, and they kind of delivered on all those points. They made each character have their own kind of ending, and this is kind of what that felt like, especially knowing, you know, um, until until they back up back up the Brinks truck for Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth <laughs> and Chris Evans, maybe make some guest appearances down the road. These are more or less their their swan song. So, um, you know, they each had different endings, and uh, well, Chris Hemsworth maybe not an ending. Uh, right, he leaves it kind of open. Maybe he's going to show up in Guardians of Galaxy three, which I would um, be. Um, um, excuse me, you mean as Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I, um, I loved your which, tweet. The uh, what gives Chris Hemsworth the right to be that good looking and have that kind of comedic timing? Yeah, uh, I he. It's so funny because I'm not a big fan of any of the Thor movies. I thought Thor Ragnarok obviously the best of the three. I thought it was fine, um, like a seven. I maybe have to watch it again. Um, I would say, uh, but he. Steals just every scene he's in in these Avengers movies. He really he's, does, and more, really more since since the set like after the after the first one. Uh, I think the first one he's a little more subdued. That was Joss Whedon still kind mm-hmm. of um, touch, and I think the Russo brothers and uh, and James Gunn and Taika Waititi is kind of all three to, all three of those kind of come together to create a more comedic. Uh, MCU since Joss Whedon has kind of given given the reins over, mm-hmm. um, and they've changed Thor for the better. Um, yes, and he's just he's just so good. I mean, he's he's badass when he needs to be, and but he's hilarious when he needs to be. It, it's cool because in this movie he touches on all three. He like his range is he goes from being he's suffering from PTSD to having that emotional scene when uh, he goes back to Asgard. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he he gets serious and he's ready to kick ass. So there's such a wide spectrum that Hemsworth... But I haven't seen it in any other movie yet with him. Because it's either he's all serious or all comedic. Mm -hmm. So he's taken Thor to... He's really made him a, a really enjoyable character to watch. Yeah. yeah, very complex. Yeah, and I think that comes with the fact of being comfortable with the character after so many years. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm sure, not that it uh, shows any promise to, but I'm sure if he plays that character that he's going to be in Men in Black for a few movies, by the second or third movie, he'll get into the same flow, you know, possible. Uh, of, of finding it. Um, it's, it's probably better that they have Tessa Thompson with him as well, who he sure. already yeah. has chemistry with. Yeah. Yeah, she's an amazing actress anyway. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's just the point with um, if watching uh, movie series as we all have, um, you can tell the the actors that sort of find the character and aren't just <laughs> trusting what the script has in front of them. Like I think in in these movies, uh, the three that definitely found it, or yeah, I'll, I'll say four, but he's the original. But uh, outside of Robert Downey Jr., who just became Tony Stark. Um, I can't think of Tony Stark any other way mm-hmm. than how he played him. But, um, you know, Paul Rudd found this level with Ant-Man that is amazing um, and just makes him, from what I've heard, better than some of the representations in the comics and things like that. Um, well, Scott Scott Lang is a, 
like a third tier character. Yeah. No one knew about him going into that movie. Yeah. And he just he just found that that space with it that only really Paul Rudd can with 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 what they asked of him. Sure. And, and uh, just to just to break in right real quick yeah. before you get on to your next point. Paul Rudd is the star of the first half of first third of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His performance between like in the beginning when he comes back to where, you know, Tony Stark shows up at uh, Avengers headquarters once he breaks the time travel uh, paradox or whatever. Yeah. He he puts out some great moments yes. in that in those scenes. He was he was so underrated in this movie, I felt. And he wasn't getting enough talk. But yeah, yeah he he kind of carries the first act of the film almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, again, r- ranging from comedic to emotional. Yep. And in that same time frame of the movie, the 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 second person um, is uh, Mark Ruffalo finding the Hulk banner, you know, the yeah. whole, you know, and he plays him and Rudd play off each other during that first third of the movie um, until you get to you know thor completely taking over the movie um for for the rest of the two-thirds of it but um i think my favorite scene and i i would think it would have it, it definitely had to be improv on on their part was the taking the selfie scene in the mm-hmm. restaurant mm, that was a good one yeah Sorry. but that I, you can't write that in a script the way he was like i'm at man do you do you want a photo <laughs> and the, the kids just went along with it <laughs> I, I just love we, how it ends. Take the goddamn phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, I think it's safe to say everyone gives the performance of, you know, of the MCU. Like it was bar none the best out of everybody. You know, Scarlett Johansson kills it as Black Widow this time, where she's she took it just as hard losing and. You see that she's trying to keep it together somehow, and she's barely hanging on. Uh, again, Paul Rudd, Chris Evans, again, I can't imagine anyone as Captain America now, and obviously we're going to have to, but he was phenomenal. Robert Downey Jr. does what he does. Just everyone gives... The, the original six give the performance, not of a lot, I don't want to say of a lifetime, but definitely the best performances in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... It's kind of that first act is kind of is so interesting because it's like this is the first time where we've seen them lose and mm-hmm. they ha- they wait five years before they, they put it a plan into. So they they deal with the fact that they fell short for five years. That's like yeah. that's that's big. Yeah. You know, there's no other movie that I could think of in terms of like any superhero movies where where that that's a definitive loss, you know. So you know, there's there's times where a, a a good guy will will fail, and then you know, in the span of the movie, it's um, you know days or right. maybe a week or so, and then they come back and they win. Um, you know, maybe the maybe the space between Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. That, that's what I was gonna say. I think it's eight years, but yeah. he doesn't he doesn't lose. Yeah, he, he just... doesn't lose. He he makes he gives himself up pretty much. Sure. He just quits. But yeah, five. It's again. I I love how it affects each and every member differently. Uh, you know, Cap is he's doing what Cap would do. He's trying to he's fighting the good fight still. You know, helping others because that's what he always does. Tony is terrified, so he he hides away. Same thing with Thor. He 
he he bears that immense weight of failure because he had the kill shot and he failed. Uh, and I already touched on Black Widow. Obviously, we uh, Hawkeye doesn't know what happened, but he just lost his family, so he goes rogue. Mm-hmm. It's just it's interesting to see that you're right because we've never dealt with heroes who have been through what they've been through. Right. Yeah, and and in the same sense, you can see. Um, a lot of a lot of foreshadowing later in the movie, just um, how they decided to deal with, um, you know, their issues here with um, Black Widow. The only thing she knows is, you know, running this organization. Yeah. Like she can't do it. She's still doing missions. She's sending them out, which leads to a great Captain Marvel rocket scene um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the holograms there. And then, you know, you have the first you know, contact about Hawkeye between her and War Machine um, there. And it's just, and you see, you know, you mentioned he goes, he's a grief counselor, mm-hmm. you know, Captain America, um, or he's just taking over that grief session thing. I, I couldn't really tell <laughs> what that was. But, um, and then the whole movie, you know, after they show everything, um, sort of starts turning at that point as soon as Scott comes in. Right. You know, and then, you know, it's sort of like some of them are like, no, I'd rather still do this, especially like Hulk. It's sort of like, you know, I finally found like peace, peace, you know, it's, you know, it sucks, but I'm fine. Right. Um, Some people have moved on. Like Hulk has moved on. Tony has moved on. He's got a family of of his own now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool because. You in the comic books, obviously, you you've seen them lose and everything, but how do you make how do you put that from comics from the pages to the movie and make it interesting? I, I think they were able to do that pretty like because they bring everyone down to a human level, and these yeah. you know these guys some of them are gods, you know, and it, it's the one thing that I was kind of not not annoyed by, but it was just it seemed there was two scenes in the first act where uh, Captain Marvel just finds Tony and Nebula drifting in space. It would have been cool to see, maybe even if they sent a distress signal and yeah. they pick up on it back home and she's able to find them. And the rat bringing Scott back, it's kind of like a deus ex machina. Yeah. But right. um, it, the, the, the rat was the real hero. Yeah, the, the MVP, right? <laughs> I've seen plenty of memes about that. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been cool to... I mean, I mean how else are you going to bring him back? I, who knows? And that, that kind of leads into the uh, the whole time travel. And I, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm glad that they really poke fun at pop culture time travel, like Back yeah. to the Future. I, I, I'm 100% sure that Don Cheadle, um, Paul Rudd scene was just the Russo brothers going... All right, just start naming time travel movies. <laughs> just like, name movies. <laughs> yeah, just name time travel movies. And then Paul Rudd with the hammer on the end of the improv scene yeah. goes, Die Hard. Wait, no, no, that's, that's not one. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was very similar to the uh, 40-year-old virgin with him yeah. and Seth Rogen just going like, you know how I know you're? So, it's, <laughs> yeah. so that that's, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty. Who would have thought that Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd would be able to be like do this? It's because uh, yeah. he's usually he's strictly just comedy, but now they they thrust him into this role and he plays such a huge key role in it that it, 
like I'm looking forward to the next Ant Man movie. It, it, yeah. It's it's a theory that I've always set out there, and I 100% buy into is that it's a lot easier for a really good comedic actor to be good at drama than it is vice versa. You know, I, I can you know, see that because a lot of the and it's an old story I remember from Stephen Colbert used to say that a lot of really good comedians come from a place of tragedy. So if, if they have to go that route, they have something to draw on. Like, it's not like a dramatic actor who's never told a joke in his life. Right. Trying to, you know, get set up punchline and get it correct. You know, which, which is what astounds me about Chris Hemsworth um, is that all of his body of work before, you know, most of this Avengers stuff had very little to do with comedy. Yeah. Um, but it's just... This the whole thing with um you know the the time travel thing because I guess we can get into that deeper later, but um they make that joke and that little section there is very important because most of the time when you introduce time travel in any kind of movie or situation it just gets messy and mm -hmm. that's no exception here there's there's parts that are pretty messy because of time travel um and certain things that are left dangling um because of it. Um, but they try their best to tie it all up and stick to rules. So having the idea where they try to base it in science as much as they can and sort of they call out. I think they call out some of those movies specifically because things happen that happen in those movies. Like the whole mentioning Time Cop, um, you know, foreshadows the two captains fighting. Right. Because, you know, in, in Time Cop, you can't two same matter can't, can't share. Same occupy space. the same space. Hey, we've, right. we've gone yeah. through that. Yeah, and then, you know, Back they to must the have, Future... They must have listened to our podcast. Yep. You know, and Back <laughs> to the Future is all about changing the future by changing the past. Right. Um, and it's just, you know, it, it's their way of saying, yeah, we know time travel kind of sucks, but, you know, and it was also a nod, and I guess um, we can touch on this later, but to, it allows them to go some places after this by introducing time travel um, into, yeah, things the, are... into the universe. Things are left open. I feel. Yeah. Um, so, I I feel like we're we're not really for this podcast. We're not kind of going through the plot, right? We're just kind of right. We're free free forming here. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know they, they they form their plan to get the stones. They time travel. The group that goes to twenty twelve. They they mess up with the the tesseract, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Loki takes it. So, to me, you know the the ancient one tells Bruce that if a stone is taken an alternate branch kind of forms. Yeah. So now, does is that what you're talking about, Mark? They leave open that a new branch is formed because Loki has taken the Tesseract from 2012? Well, yeah, you, you have parts of that. It's also the line Tony has later in the movie, which I, I guess I'll just touch on it because I've heard this from other people. I don't haven't really read comics too much or get too deep into the Avengers story um, outside of Marvel Cinematic Universe. But... Um, you know, the, the, he says that, you know, something to the effect that I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the line in front of me. You know, we, we, we fought time, but time sometimes uh, fight back. Uh, when you mess with time, time, time yeah, time. Sometimes uh, time fights back. Time yes. usually fights back or something. Yeah. Like that. And from what I heard from people that are really deep into reading comics and know some of the villains of the Avengers, it opens the door for Kang, uh, the, who, yeah. you know, is the arbiter of time or something I heard from somebody. You know, he's just worried always about time being correct. Mm -hmm. So just having this story deal with time travel. Um, and, and we know from watching these movies that they never do anything by accident. 
everything sure. has mm-hmm. a has a point to it. And this movie is shows you that throughout the other twenty two movies, everything mattered. Like every single little thing, you know, came up. Even big parts of this were about Thor to Dark World for crying out loud. True. You know, that's it's, considered uh, one of the worst. Yeah. So you know, it just opens the door, and also it connects to. And again, um, I'm regurgitating this from other people, but it also connects into the end of Guardians 2 when they introduce Adam Warlock, mm-hmm. who is connected to Kang. So, you know, it, it, it's all the, the time travel, while, you know, very good if you're just focused on this, oh, yeah, of course, that's how they have to do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it also leads them into phase four and five or whatever to have a big villain that's not just a... Um, you know, not just a, a Loki or, or some type like that. Um, that's not a big galaxy villain. Um, well, they are, I think they are kind of going more galaxy-based. Yeah. I mean, you have Captain Marvel. They're doing the Eternals next. Yeah. You have Guardians 3. Yeah. So you, you, you do have some stuff coming up, and a lot of speculation is... I, I have heard Kang, yeah. and I've also heard, you know, Galactus, yeah. uh, some of the uh, Celestials... Yeah, but I mean, obviously that's for another, not yeah. even for another podcast, I probably. Get, but um, yeah, it's you, it's like kind of keep getting line. bigger and bigger, right? And yeah. which kind of brings me, I, I felt a little sadness leaving this movie, and it, obviously there's a lot of emotional parts, but all twenty two movies or twenty one movies are building to this epic crescendo, and you get Endgame, and it ties like you guys were saying it ties everything perfectly everyone has their story arc completed of the original avengers uh so now i I left the theater just kind of and jen was the same way it's like well how do you top that how can you how can you replace evans and hemsworth and downey and expect i mean you have set up other characters you know you have bozeman is a great black panther uh, I don't know how many movies um, Holland has as Spider-Man, but everyone loves him. Cumberbatch is strange. You you have certain characters, but would you compare them to the original three, the big three? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to to think back of what we of how we felt about them before we, before now. You know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think back to 2008, like, you know, when in 2006, when they announced, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. We were probably like, first of all, the fuck has Robert Downey Jr. done in the past 10 years? Second right. of all, who the fuck cares about Iron Man? Yeah, I, I was a little <laughs> indifferent to the whole thing because we're fresh off the heels of X-Men movies and Spider-Man movies. So we're like, all right, well, now I guess they're just going to throw anyone at the wall and see who sticks. Sure. But, uh, I mean, it's it's always the high the hindsight is is so funny because like, mm-hmm. you know, the classic example Heath Ledger. It's like everybody right. was, when he was tired of like, oh really? I don't see him as the Joker. He's not going to be able to do any better than Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's never going to get topped. And yet, I was one of those that people. performance, and arguably uh, the best villain of all time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I it's it's hard to envision a Captain America movie starring falcon right now <laughs> um, right and but i think that they sent they set anthony mackie up in a good spot sure you know they they didn't just introduce him in the past couple movies like he's been around for quite a while yeah so chronologically i believe in the comic books it does go rogers 
uh, Wilson than Bucky. Mm-hmm. So, because some people are asking, well, I thought Bucky becomes Captain America. Like, well, eventually he does, but I think I think uh, Falcon takes over first. Yeah. But e- either way, I, I'm I'm glad that they did it. That there was a lot of passing of the torches here. Yep. You know, uh, you got Hemsworth or Thor giving up the mantle to Valkyrie. So if they make another Thor movie, we might see her as Thor. Uh, and then obviously Captain America, you'll see sam wilson as cap uh, but do you think we'll get their own they'll get their own solo movies or will they have to appear in another ensemble movie first it's a good question uh, maybe I, maybe we could do some combo combos mm-hmm. yeah you know? i was thinking the same thing maybe cause... not maybe it's not just a sam uh, a sam wilson as captain america maybe it's a it's a it's a sam and sam and bucky well, they're getting their own plus show right disney plus are they yeah i believe they are I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, I think so, it's Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think okay. that's what it's called. Yeah, I know. I know. WandaVision is a thing, mm-hmm. and so, uh, Loki's getting his other his thing. Well, yeah. the interesting thing about Loki is is that just uh, just some prequel or something like that, or is that the branch from him taking the Tesseract? It'll be interesting you know? to see. Yeah, yeah, you know. that's that. I mean, but he, it's so cool because you have that span between Civil War. An Infinity War, that's a few years, I believe. So it's, I wonder if they'll go that route. Because to me, I was kind of, I thought they were going to do it, but I was kind of hoping they didn't bring back the dusted characters. Mm-hmm. Or if they did, it was just temporary. Like, like we, we can harness the stones, but we can only do it for a short amount of time. So we have to bring back these people to defeat Thanos once and for all. And then they, they disappear. And then the, the movies going forward are within that span of time between Civil War and Infinity War. Sure. But I, I think they, it, that would kind of hamstring them a little bit. True. And obviously they do not go that way because they are much smarter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I trust them fully. But uh, I, I'm interested to hear your guys' take on what what your reaction was and what the, the theater reaction was at the, the climactic battle. Uh, because there was a lot that happens nerdgasm after nerdgasm oh, and i was yeah. i was definitely part of that yeah yeah I think uh, it's, it's the, the loudest cheer is when cap gets thor's hammer yeah you know see that that had a pretty good reaction but not as good as when some people returned sure uh, spider-man was huge. huge yep yeah black panther was pretty big yep yeah. um i think spider-man was bigger though yes uh, uh, in in mine it was uh so he, you, you hear Falcon say on your left, and people got excited. People were clapping, and then uh, Panther comes out with uh, Okoye and Shuri, yep. and people people went nuts. And then Strange comes out. People got even more nuts, and then Spider-Man hits, and everyone flipped the shit. Yeah. It, and, then, and no one really cared about Bucky and <laughs> coming out. But, uh, when does Paltrow get a decent response? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. she did pretty well too. Uh, yeah, which and obviously, but you would have no idea about if you didn't see Iron Man three, right? Because she wears the armor. Like yeah. what? How does she? Ar- wait. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the, the biggest cheer on that section is when they went back to back shooting. Yeah. Yeah. You know that got a loud cheer in our theater, um, but I think my favorite part that got that got a loud laugh in that moment. Is when Spider-Man comes back and then he mm-hmm. runs over, rips off the mask, and goes, 
so then so then we woke up and you were gone and then <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Strange, Strange was doing his circle thing and then we're here. <laughs> yeah. And there there was a lot to take in in that moment. Uh to me I I loved uh Cap wielding Mjolnir. Yeah. Uh going toe to toe with Thanos just like in the comic book. Yeah. Um and then yeah, it all the shield. Yep. And there's this one there's this one shot and it's my favorite of the movie. It's when, you know, Thanos is pretty much like gloating over him and goes, you know, throughout my whole time of conquest and murder, blah, blah, blah. It's never been personal and I'm going to enjoy what I do. And, you know, obviously Cap being Cap, he struggles to his feet and just tightens the, the shield. And you have that one shot, of it, the wide shot of Thanos' army just against Cap. Yeah. And it's like you have the light and the dark on one side. It was It was such a good shot. Yeah. And then... Everyone comes back and he he says the words that pretty much everyone's been waiting since 2012 to hear Avengers Assemble and everyone fucking lost it. Yeah. It was uh it it was a good it was a good payoff for those who had been waiting all those years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I gotta say one of the surprises for me in this movie. Um, I know we keep jumping back and forth throughout the movie, but um, was seeing uh, uh Tilda Swinton yes show up. That was, that was, I was great. Like, I was yeah. like, that's that's pretty awesome. And then the whole, and then when she punched Banner out of Hulk, it's, yeah. it's just it, oh, it was cool because all of the cameos made weren't gratuitous. They they all mattered. Made sense. Yes. So it wasn't just like here's uh, you know here's Rumelo for no reason. Here's Crossbones. Here's the Ancient One. Uh, here's uh, Michael Douglas. And did you guys notice the original Ant-Man helmet? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty hard to miss. But I, I, was like, I was like, oh, that's the original Ant-Man helmet. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, seeing all those characters, it, it made sense. And it, I, obviously it helps wrap up character arcs. And obviously with Tony meeting his father and hashing out that his dad really loved him yeah. even before he was born. So, and you know, Cap seeing uh, Agent hey. Carter... Yeah, so it was, it was nice. It was cool to see, and I, I'm, I'm, having the ancient one there helped with the whole time travel theory. Where, well, okay, well, you could take it, but you have to bring the stone back, or else you ruin pretty much everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. There you're was kind a, of being, you're she's like you're being selfish just because you're. It's gonna fix your world. Who knows what it's gonna do to ours? Right. So yeah, in your alternate 2019, you win. But in our 2019, we get crushed. Yeah. So, it, it, question for you. Now, this this was brought up to me by someone at work. The Ancient One tells Bruce, or when Bruce tells her that, you know, why, like, maybe Doctor Strange made a mistake in giving away the Time Stone, and she goes, or maybe I did. Now, do you think that's, in all of those realities, because Strange sees 14 million outcomes, right? Do you think in all of those outcomes except the one, she doesn't give the Time Stone? And yeah. that's her mistake. It's possible. That's yeah. That's that, interesting. Yeah, that was that was my takeaway. That you know, him telling the story the way he did was her realizing, you know, that because you know he Steve uh, was the best among us is mm-hmm. what she said. So if he made a decision about something, right. Maybe I should go against you know what I'm thinking right now. Right. Yeah. Go against my thing. my inkling, yeah. my my natural instincts. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh who was i thinking of uh the whole uh thing with um 
we were talking about it with the time travel and going to like the greatest hits of Marvel um, throughout the thing. I love that they played with the all the fan theories going in about you know why Cap and all them look different. Yeah. And, you know, in first scene you see Cappy shaving the beard off. <laughs> and you're like, well, fuck, there goes that theory. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you see, you know, Black Widow's growing out the red hair again. Right. Yeah, everyone's like, pay attention to the hair in the trailers. It, it gives you yeah. some in, some uh, indication of where they are. <laughs> it's just like, to, like, nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Russos have been very, even in Infinity War, they were great with hiding things. And they, they did a very good job with this as well. Because they're telling you, oh, you know, everything you see, you know, promotion-wise... It's going to be from the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, they, you, you see something that's from the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie. So they, they're good at keeping people on their toes. Yeah. When uh, Mark and I saw it, uh, there was a guy behind us that, <laughs> and I thought we were going to be in for more than what we what we yeah. eventually did. He wound, he wound up being fine. But there was an early, it's the scene where Captain Marvel is bringing the ship back to Avengers headquarters when she's rescuing him. And right. there's a there's a shot where they all come out onto the lawn to see what's going on. Right. And Gwyneth Paltrow's in the shot. And he goes, oh, she wasn't in the trailer. Uh, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh here we go. go. <laughs> yeah. Like, that wasn't in the trailer. That wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. But no, he actually, besides saying awe at like the the mo- more emotional scenes, he was fine. <laughs> we, in our theater, we had a lot of, we, we had a ton of people who were doing stuff like that. Like, oh no, like, oh, okay, now I, you know, oh, that makes sense. So people were kind of yeah. talking to them, but again, it really didn't take away yeah. from anything. But uh, yeah. th- th- there was a bunch of like teenagers in front of us who, uh, they got pretty emotional as well, and they're freaking out. And you know, and uh, or can we can we say yeah, who yeah. dies and everything? So yeah, spoiler cast. Yeah. So when Tony sacrifices himself, he the, the kids are like, no, you know, it's yeah, it, it's incredible to see. And obviously, you you know how attached Jen is to scar uh black widow yeah oh i, was close. I thought you were gonna say captain marvel. yeah to captain marvel yeah <laughs> you know how much she loves captain marvel uh she 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 gave me this look like the puppy dog eyes when when uh natasha sacrifices herself for the soul stone like, no now i'm stuck with captain marvel and wanda well who who would she rather have seen gone over the edge though well, well that's what she said she was like they really put me in a, t- a tough spot because <laughs> it was either yep her first her, love yeah her odd it? her odd fascination with very <laughs> average looking jeremy renner <laughs> yeah he, he, I, he was good in this movie too oh yeah he was fine yeah. yeah yeah i i had the opposite reaction i had a clenched fist when she went over instead of hawkeye <laughs> well i i read today that the uh the the graphic supervisor was the reason that natasha went over and not hawkeye because they had it in the script where either one was going to go, and they were kind of hashing out like who would do it. So the 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 graphic supervisor was like, "You better make her do it." I'm like, well, why? Like, because she has the most to lose. You know, like this is her, or not the she had. This is her goal. Like, she's yeah. she's supposed to bring the family back, and she'll do whatever it takes to get the family back. Yeah. And he had his family to be with, so she knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her whole life was. And that's what I was mentioning, foreshadowing earlier, you know, showing that all she did was just try to keep the organization together. So if she mm-hmm. had to sacrifice herself, 
to help the organization, you know, she would do it. Right. Um, so, but, you know, I just, I, I, someone said that the entire Hawkeye character in these movies just seems like a joke on Jeremy Renner because he's a dick. <laughs> that, <laughs> that they just made him much more annoying and weak than he is actually in the comics. <laughs> I mean, in, in, in the comics, he has this ability where he, it's impossible for him to miss pretty much. Like he yeah. could hit any target with anything. He's pretty much bullseye. But yeah. um, to me, I, I thought they obviously in the first Avengers, he's a pawn. But then in Age of Ultron, he's kind of shown to be the he grounds the team pretty much. I mean, he's not a very important character per se. Uh, I, I just heard a whoa in the background. <laughs> but he's constantly he's constantly showing us that, you know, this is this is not just gods and super soldiers fighting. It's this is real people who have who are putting their lives on the line and that he's that they're special too and an end game he pretty he and uh, Black Widow pretty much save everybody by going they 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 draw straws really and just like the the two humans pretty much the two core humans yeah. of that of that squad have to have to make the ultimate, yeah. ultimate sacrifice yeah and by the way why does everybody trust Red Skull so much yeah. <laughs> well they don't know his Red Skull they, which they should if they read history books yeah. but now now question for you guys. At the end, when Cap has to go back and return all the stones, yeah, wouldn't he run into Black, uh, Red Skull? Yeah, I guess so. Right? Or yeah. is there no one to give the stone to? Because once the stone is taken, isn't Red Skull's job done? He's the keeper of the stone. I'm not. Sh- I guess I don't know. But that was a question. That was like kind of. That's that is one thing I was thinking. I was like, how how do you just do you just return it? I was like, all right, we're done with this. Here you right. go. And how do you put it into its original conduit? You know, yeah. I mean, the, the time stone's easy. You bring it back to Bleecker Street and just yeah. like, here you go. But the the mind stone was in the scepter. How do you put it back? The space stone was in the tesseract. How do you put that back? The ether was a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> Give it back to Natalie Portman. Yeah, shove it. What do you like? Make her swallow it? I don't. Like, what do you do? <laughs> Uh, I wonder how much she got paid for them using archival footage for the one scene where you could see her face. Was that archival footage, or was that really was she really in it? I, I, I don't think she her. was. Does she? You could see her face in one shot, and right. it's her waking up. I'm assuming that's in Thor: Dark World because yeah. other shots you you don't see her face. Like like it's body double, obviously. That's a good point. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, because I she was at the premiere, so I figured, oh yeah, maybe they got her in there as well. Oh no, it really seemed it seemed obvious to me that because I was I was specific because that was the one character I was like, oh, I'm surprised. I I really didn't think that she'd be back. You're probably right. And then I was yeah. like, oh, and then there's that one shot, and then I was like, oh well, this shot could have been her face, but it's not her face. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you what that that um, Asgard scene from Thor: Dark World. For Endgame, when he's <laughs> again the comedic timing, like the, the the future has not been kind to you. And what what are you talking about? I'm I'm not from the future. Like, come on, <laughs> I am totally from the future. And he has that like mental breakdown. But that that was one of the scenes. My second viewing, I I got a little emotional and I got a little choked up because like, how do you how do you say goodbye to your mother 
knowing that she dies that day. That was the he goes back on the day she dies. Yeah. So he's he's seeing it's like he's putting himself through that heartbreak all over again because he's he's seeing her one more time, knowing that he's gonna lose her again forever. Mm-hmm. So that that got me a little emotional and but it was it was still a good scene because it, it's important to Thor's character arc as we see at the end when it's you know a lot of people fail at who they think they should be instead of succeeding at the person that they are yeah. so it, it's important because he obviously as a god he he has all this weight on his shoulders how he's supposed to lead his people and be perfect and you know be the, the mighty thor and then now he doesn't have to be that way anymore he could just be thor yeah right. yeah the it by speaking i'm glad we circled back to thor because probably the scene i enjoyed the most in the movie um is when he's trying to explain about the ether <laughs> and he's up there and he's just rambling because i, I and it's got to be another one of those moments where i think robert downey jr made like a choice in the shot to go up to him <laughs> As no, no, I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. <laughs> you know, instead of it's like it, it really felt in in that scene that was like one of those things where they gave Hemsworth an outline of here's what we want to hit, right? And th- the emotion is you're going to be talking about like your ex girlfriend, right? You know, up there and just go. <laughs> yeah, like, how do you? Pretty, yeah, pretty much just like explain. Try your best to explain the ether as if you're in a drunken stupor. So <laughs> he, he's. I, He's Infinity War. If you look at the time, Infinity War. He's in it. It's it's primarily a Thanos movie, but he's in it the second longest. Yeah. So they they purposely chose to expand on his character arc. In yeah. this one, it's it's not so much him, but he still has a huge impact on it. And I'm glad the way that they took his character because it, it's yeah. just an interesting turn for someone. Like, if you see the comic books, he's always so serious. You know. Oh, yeah. When you look at his speech bubble, it's like in old time English, so yeah. like, like have at the monster and stuff like that. And it, but it, at at his heart, he's still a, he's a a brutish dummy. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it, they they nail it. Yeah, and I also love the fact that apparently Fortnite would still be running even <laughs> after half the world is is gone. Yeah. That was, I will fly over to your house, yeah. crash into your. It's like Thor, it's... God of Thunder. Right. <laughs> when when they meet up with Valkyrie uh, at New Asgard, and she's like, "Well, he doesn't really come down much." I was like, "Oh my God, please be make him fat." <laughs> I I was not expecting that. Uh, that was that was a quite the twist. Yeah. yeah. I was and... like, "Oh, please, please, God, make him fat." And sure enough. <laughs> The, the, the rocket has a pretty good... Like, you look like a melted ice cream cone. <laughs> it was a weird fat belly. It was a beer gut. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of... It did look kind of odd. Um, in yeah, terms and, of... yeah, and also, I, I I mentioned to Ant when they were doing their scene right after, you know, five years later, and it zoomed over City Field, you know, <laughs> empty, and I was like, oh, so nothing's changed, I yeah, see. T- typical Mets game. <laughs> uh, it, uh, I, I didn't... When I was saying everyone gave great performances, I didn't mention uh karen gillen gillian yeah yeah as i mean she pulls off double duty here you know she plays nebula who's learned that it has grown from what we've seen from uh guardians one to infinity war uh and she plays pre-guardians nebula who's still trying to 
earn her yeah. father's trust and love. So she, she does a phenomenal job too. I mean, she, she's such a torn character, and she's become really one of the most interesting characters in the MCU. And I hope that they're able to continue that in Guardians Three mm-hmm. or as Guardians. I don't know what they're going to call it. If but, they call it. I hope they do as Guardians of the Galaxy. That'd be amazing. That, that would be so cool. Yeah, because yeah, the whole movie is going to be, uh, you know, him searching for Gamora. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. that's the little that's the little Easter egg at the end when he's looking at the map. Is that the map searching for her life signature? Right. You know. So, so do you, do you call it Guardians of the Galaxy, the search for Gamora, like a play off of the search for Spock? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the point. And then, um, yeah, then somebody mentioned the Black Widow movie that's supposed to be coming out. Is that you could always make that like sort of a buddy cop movie with her and Gamora finding a way to escape the soul stone because apparently there's like a world inside the stone yes that's where in the comics everyone he snapped away resides in the soul stone yeah yeah so that would be an interesting choice for like her solo film I think it's going to be a prequel yeah that's Uh, probably but but no I think I'd watch that movie yeah (laughs) and because so they have that part in the end when they bring together the A Force, so all the the female characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it, I feel like it would have been more impactful if you had Black Widow there because she was the OG within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to Mark to Mark's credit, I think that would be that would have been cool because you have the two probably I'd say the two most popular or two of the most popular because uh, Shuri's Shuri's up there as well. Uh, two of the most popular female characters within this uh, universe banding together, and one is so gullible, and not gullible, but so naive to how Earth works, and then you have Black Widow, who's pretty much just, like, all business. So it would have been cool to see those two interact, Mm -hmm. but I think it'll probably be kind of like that Jennifer Lawrence movie, Red Sparrow. Yeah, that's that's, it's basically... That's basically a Black Widow movie, right? Yeah, that's an exactly. R-rated Black Widow movie. Yeah, right. and and speaking of that, the you mentioned the all the all female part. Um, one of the other good cheers it got was when Scarlet Witch is ripping off mm. Thanos's armor. That she guy, had got a good cheer. She to me, she had one of the best lines. It was such I, a simple I, line. I, I don't, don't even know who you, who you are. are. <laughs> you will. It's such a badass line. The, the the way she delivers it, it's just like all yeah. that rage in it yeah I was like, oh you will and she just goes to town on him and you, going off her do you think that her the show that they're doing on disney plus is, could be the way they slowly introduce the x-men into the the mcu well they explain that she's not a mutant right because she she's a right. uh, miracle she's, yeah uh so it, you could have, but you could obviously retcon that very easily. You could, I, and there, there's or they also... could just confuse her for a mutant, and that's True. how like if, like she pops she pops up on Professor Professor X's radar. What you could do is you know she there's this whole story arc called the House of M, where she her reality bending powers come into play, and they haven't explored that yet. So in that story arc, she. Want, she wishes pretty much all mutants to not exist. So she creates her own reality, her own alternate dimension where there's no mutants. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if if you wanted to bring the X-Men in, you could have her 
or I think the easiest way would probably be to use Doctor Strange's uh, powers into the multiverse. But if you wanted to explore Wanda's powers, you could do it that way, where she can create an alternate reality or bring someone from an alternate reality in. She's she's a very powerful character. Gotcha. Yeah. Who do you think is going to pick up the torch for Iron Man? Is it the kid from Iron Man 3? That'd be oh, weird, gosh. right? I hope not. <laughs> I didn't know who that was at first. I was like, who is yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, I was like, who's that random-ass kid? Right. Like, we're supposed to know who you are, motherfucker. Come on. We have all these prominent characters, and all of a sudden this lanky kid is there. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, I think the easiest would probably be Peter, right? You think? In ter- I mean, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of, like, is there going to be a new Iron, like, in oh. an Iron Man suit? Like Riri Williams? Sort of, yeah. Because yeah. that, wasn't that the that was the lone kind of bonus thing at the end of the movie was the the sound effect. Yeah, the cling, cling. Right. So I, I mean, I, if you do Riri Williams, then you you have a way that you can bring back Robert Downey Jr. in a voiceover in role. The AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that's what I was saying. I I would like to. You can see Marvel is really going more that way, mm-hmm. right? Because you 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 have Black Panther who is going to be prominent. You have a Black Captain America now. Uh, you have Captain Marvel. You have the Wasp. So you they're going more towards minority and female driven characters. Sure. So it's very possible in the future that we can see a Riri Williams and a Kamala Khan as Ms. Marvel. Um, and I think even. Um, Brie Larson has expressed interest in saying, like, yeah, bring Kamala into the fold. I don't know how many movies she signed on for. Uh, I think, from what I read, Bozeman and Cumberbatch only have two more movies on their contract. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, who knows? That That's the beauty of, of these characters. Like, a lot of people don't know that Riri Williams becomes Iron Man, but... The name Iron Man now is so it carries such a weight to it. It's it's mm-hmm. a heavy hitter. Sure. You could you could do that, and you know, people would probably I know I'd go see it. And I think they've earned the trust of the general audience to yeah. at least give that stuff a try. And I guess it's not really it's not really even that sacred at this point in terms of the Iron Man suit because everybody's worn an Iron Man suit at yeah, <laughs> some point. Uh, and she's technically Iron Heart in the comics. She's yeah. not. She's not Iron Man or Iron Woman, yeah. um, so it's not necessarily having to take on that official mantle of Iron Man. Um, right. It's cool because, you, you know, Aquaman, Black Panther, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, we're seeing that minority characters can kill it. You know, they, yeah. they can they can generate huge box office revenue. So now you're going to see more... Yeah, uh, executives saying like green lighting these kind of moves, yeah. which is only for the better. You know, it's because these characters have such not so much Riri Williams who's been around very briefly, but a lot of these characters have a rich history. So you like Miles Morales has been around for probably close to a decade now. Uh, Kamala Khan's been around for a few years, so you can bring these people in, but I mean. D- I don't know if we're digressing too much from Endgame, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think the future is bright, but at the same time, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Because how can you, again, how can you top 
these 22, this, this saga. So they're, they kind of have to start over from scratch. Yeah, uh, I think that is that is one that's their problem to solve, not ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what so I always kind of treat each specific like I treat the Avengers movies different than I treat the the one offs, the solos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I treat I treat those the Avengers movies and and like Captain and Civil War as like those are those are the big moments. Those are the um, the crossover uh, crossover uh, issues. Those are the event issues, right? Essentially, and then you know every, all the other movies are the you know the the story arcs in between those uh, events moments. Uh, right. So uh, you know I go in with different expectations for each one. Um, you know Captain Marvel. I was like, you know what? I, I'm not expecting to be blown away like. I will be expecting Endgame in a couple of months, um, mm-hmm. and I wound up enjoying Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it, it, you gotta you kind of have to manage your own expectations with that. But we'll see in ten years if they are able to <laughs> come up with a um, a new uh, close to this this saga. Next phase. Next, yeah. I guess the next few couple of phases. Um, yeah, and speaking on Captain Marvel, I don't know we we haven't done much on a podcast talking about it but i heard somebody say that um the main issue with that and i don't know if they just felt they had to rush it because of endgame was that they basically meshed two captain marvel movies into one like you could have done the origin of her as just a badass fighter pilot and like slowly built up you know carol davers Mm -hmm. you know and then you know had the big reveal be at the end and then the second movie be about you know the kree and and all that stuff but you know that it felt like the Captain Marvel felt like the back half of the first Captain Marvel movie, and you know the front half of the second Captain Marvel movie. You know, in <sighs> in the way they they told it, because maybe they felt they had to fully form the character because of Endgame. Sure. Coming out that they didn't have the time to do it, but I, I think they just to me it just seemed like a perfectly fine origin movie. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it, to, I don't. I I think they did have a lot on their plate to because they wanted her to be the next to really. I th- I think she's supposed to lead after a right. certain point, so they 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 want to show that she has leadership material and she's the most powerful, and I'm really happy that they didn't overuse her in Endgame. She's she's at the beginning. She's in a little meeting with uh, Natasha and the rest of the group. And then you don't see her until the end. Uh, it, she just had her own movie, so there's no reason to keep her around for a half hour, yeah. 40 minutes. Uh, it was it was cool when the Thanos' ship instinctively fires at her, knowing that like something more powerful is in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool, and it, it was a good scent. It was just a good way to include her without overdoing it. Yeah, yeah, and also going back to the whole, they never do anything by accident. Um, you know, her whole line and mantra throughout mantra throughout this movie is that, you know, yeah, sure, everything is happening here, but there's also like ten thousand other planets right. that, that things are going on. So that leads to the the next phase is probably going to be in space. You know, out you, there you might see the Nova Corps. You know, dealing with that problem right. out yeah. there more than Earth. This yeah. was the end of like the Earth saga. Possibly. You know. Right. And, and now everything will be universe wise. Mm. Um but yeah, Man. yeah. The I, I, I gotta say the 
And every time he comes up on screen, he makes more and more of a perfect choice of Tom Holland Mm -hmm. as Peter Parker. Just when he sees Captain Marvel for the first time, he goes, hi, I am Peter. (laughs) It's just like terrified beyond him. He's getting bombarded and then all of a sudden this woman just shows up. Like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. (laughs) He's just good. Yeah, he's the he's in my opinion, he's the first one to capture what I always imagined Peter Parker at that age being. He looks like a teenager. You know, he's know. the only one who really did look like a teenager. You know. It's it's a shame he's still technically property of Sony. I know. Because he probably because he pro- this phase would probably be his to lead if it wasn't that way. Probably. It, yeah. it's, so to me, I think they're they they're gonna leave lean heavily on Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah, and Strange, but again, I, I don't know. None of us know, but I'm. <laughs> did I don't know. I one thing, and then I I want to get into uh, the uh, my final, maybe not my final thought, but just like my overarching feeling. Did anyone? Did either of your hearts sink? You know, there's that moment where you know Thanos is. He has all the stones finally, and Tony looks over at Strange, and Strange just lifts up the finger. Did anyone's like heart sink? Because mine did. Why? Why? Why did it sink? Because you know what's going to happen. Uh-oh. You know that Tony's get, getting ready to to uh, make the sacrifice. Because going in, I I knew it was one of them. It was either going to be Cap or Tony. Mm. So I was kind of told you it was Cap... Tony's kill. I called it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I really wanted it to be Cap because I just, I can't imagine this going forward without Downey. But mm-hmm. it, it it you're right. It makes so much more sense that he gets it. It it started with him. It ends with him. Yep. So yeah, you know, when when Strange lifts up the finger and you just know like oh shit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tony's going in. There's that great scene where he first sees Strange again. Yeah. He's like. You told me there. You saw all these visions, and there was one outcome we win. Is this the outcome? He's like, if I told you that, it wouldn't, then it wouldn't it, happen. It wouldn't happen because he, because <laughs> he knows he would try to think of a way yeah. to not die, obviously. Yeah. And they would lose. So, yeah, it's again, it, it's the the perfect ending. He, they don't over dramatize it, where it's you know he he gets the stones and and. Thanos is being, he's gloating again, like, I am inevitable. And Tony just said, I'm Iron Man. And bam, it's like a total, it's such a great Tony Stark response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just like, fuck you. And uh, yeah. even his death scene was, he, it's not this drawn out, everyone gets to say goodbye kind of thing. It's just, you know. It's two most important people. Right. Yeah. It's Peter and Pepper. So it's. And she it, tells him what he told his dad. In yeah. the past, we're gonna be. It's gonna be okay. That's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be okay. You could rest. And ugh, it's when when Peter is saying goodbye to like not saying goodbye, but like oh we 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 did it, Mr. Stark. We won. Like I got a little choked up there. Yeah. I was like, oh god, that's yeah, again. He this kid just knows how to pull at the heartstrings too. Like, I don't feel so good, <laughs> Mr. Stark. You know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Just, god, it's such a great moment. And again, it's not. You know, Cap saying goodbye, Thor saying goodbye, everyone lining up and just, you know paying yeah. respect kind of thing. But they have that moment in, at his funeral. Funeral. Yeah, and it, it was a good send off. You have the original arc reactor being sent out, and 
mm-hmm. it's very touching. So everything in this movie was done. I want to I want to say everything wrapped up perfectly. They they didn't leave anything untouched. They didn't do anything that they shouldn't have done. Like they didn't do more than should have been done. I should yeah. say. So everything was just right. Yeah, and and they really only did one thing in this entire movie that broke any of their rules, and that was Cap at the end. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's it wouldn't make sense they, if you think they, about it. But yeah, they they went with sentimentality over mm-hmm. you know the rule they established, which is the right choice. It's absolutely the right choice. Yeah, but cause... they waited till the very end of the movie to break the rule they have. Like I'm assuming we're meant to, unless if I missed something because. Um, you know, the, the emotions at that point are, are pretty overwhelming. Um, is it, are we supposed to think that old Cap just knew where to go at that point in time on that exact date and, you know, to sit on that bench or did he oh, travel? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He could... Or what, or did he do another time travel from whatever re, you know, reality he was? Oh yeah. He probably, he'd probably just time travel to that time. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did and, it when and, everybody was in the back of the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he knew, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, because you know, because that opens up, you know, the thing where you know him living out his life with, uh, you know, Peggy is, you know, sort of it throws a monkey wrench into it because you know there's there's so many things that happen in the timeline that we're supposed to be on. You know, again, we once think deeply into time travel movies, everything breaks down, but. Um, you know, but here's the one thing: if if they've already introduced alternate timelines in this movie, right? Yeah. So him going back to another timeline is not really much of a plot hole. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so he could was, live in another timeline, and you know, and then jump to ours for that final scene. So, so you're saying it's not the timeline that we've already he, witnessed? He doesn't live. Yeah, he doesn't go back and live with Peggy in that timeline. Okay. In the timeline we see, he goes and does it with another, and he the overlap isn't that long if you think about it, right? Because he's a, he's frozen for seventeen years. Yeah, yeah, you know, between Captain America the begin the through that the events of that until twenty eleven, right? Twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Yeah. So Peggy dies in twenty sixteen, right? Ish. Yeah, so he dies in the first. He probably come. He probably comes back after that. Yeah. And he'll be an old man when when new cap is, when young cap co- comes out of ice. So it's right. completely plausible yeah. that their lives wouldn't intersect. It's po- yeah, it's you, you can't we can't become time travel experts. That's the thing we can yeah. only guess. Yeah. No. Uh, I just yeah. think that everybody that's been acting like a time travel expert this past couple of days uh, are idiots. Of course, <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. Everyone decides what can and cannot be done it's just have fun with it time travel is impossible yeah yeah that's why we're these guys can make their own rules however they they see fit yeah because it's made up yeah they yeah they and they do a good job of saying that while doing it mm-hmm. you know you know the whole you know banner stuff and then you know banner tony says it's either all a joke or none of it is yeah and that's the <laughs> best way to sum it up it's time yeah. travel. It's either you know, all of it a joke or not. Yeah, it's you, perfect. You can't comment on time travel in this movie unless you've watched Time Cop and have had a conversation about what would happen if you double team your wife <laughs> with your past self. 
which yeah. would work in this yeah. movie because you wouldn't have to worry about the right. right. fun. The matter. So, yeah, so he'd be, be, he'd the, go uh, back to the 1940s, find himself before he freezes, kills himself, and then just double team Peggy Carter, <laughs> then kills himself. Uh, yeah. Oh boy, God, that would be one patriotic three-way. <laughs> just wrapped that, in American flag. That'd be that'd be two America's asses in, yeah. in, in that. That's a great line too. That is America's ass. And then little tiny Ant Man salutes, which is great. I I, I love the, uh, the that whole scene. I could I could do this all day. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's such a good callback. I also love that they they were able to squeeze in the Hail Hydra, yes. referencing the uh, that the got comic, a, that got a reaction. Comic book. Yeah, the Captain Hydra. Yeah, that, that was great. cool. Yeah, there, I, there was there's some cool Easter eggs in here. Yeah, I I think the in terms of the whole um, why I was you know okay with the the time travel in this is that uh, just the way Banner reacted when he had to do stuff with it, and <laughs> yeah. he's like hitting the things. He's like, I, he's like, do you think this will work? I I don't know. How's it going over there? We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't we don't want to lose you in 1950 that's not gonna happen i have no idea yeah <laughs> but it's cool because you know he's a genius but yeah. it doesn't but it doesn't mean you're a genius at everything yeah yeah so, I, think... I, I mean tony stark is a genius at everything but that's different anyway <laughs> i just shot down my yeah <laughs> uh so I, I guess we'll we'll start wrapping it up uh, before we start getting into our final ratings and everything like that. What character going forward that maybe hasn't been announced yet would you want to see, you know, come into a new movie? Oh, see, I, w- I want to pick someone who is is grounded, but at the same time would be plausible for an Avengers-type movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, oh, like Moon Knight. But Moon Knight's not... He's not that level of character. He's, he's more of like a Batman. Uh... Man, who would I want to see brought in? I, mean, I guess you could say either X Men or Fantastic Four, but <sighs> I'm gonna go with a villain. Okay. I want I want to see Doctor Doom brought in because yep. he's <laughs> he is yep he's one of the most powerful. Like, he rivals Thanos in okay. a lot of ways. Do you so think would... that that's the answer to how how this can be topped? that's a good start i think uh you you have a man who is he's almost a god at some points in the comic books he's wasn't he in secret secret wars the most recent one he was yeah yeah. and he's like god i think he's god doom at that point yeah so come on this this man he's magical and he's godlike so Mm -hmm. it's if if you're gonna put the new Avengers up against someone, I think he would be the best one to go against. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was gonna make pretty much the same point because we've been talking all the time about that it, of who hasn't been introduced and would fit into the phase being all about space. It would be you know Doom and and the Fantastic Four. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're running into them more than X Men. Yeah. Like Galactus or yeah. the Silver Surfer. Yeah, there's there's so much from that world that you'd run into in space, and then you can always, you know, if if you have to, you can always, if you need to introduce the X Men, mm-hmm. um, at any point, you can do it in the individual movies, like just slowly but surely. Maybe they start running into a few of them, or right. there's references to, like in the Scarlet Witch 
show references to, oh, there's this place where a lot of people like you are, or, you know, you know, something like that, you know, and just, mm-hmm. you don't have to just have them just plop in like everybody shows up in at the end of Endgame and they just walk off a jet and it's like, oh, there are the X-Men. I was I was thinking a cool a cool way to introduce Wolverine would be a flashback to like the Hulk versus Wolverine, you know when when Banner is just trying to get away from civilization. Like yeah, I ran into this this one guy and we had a dust up and it, there's a flashback of Wolverine going up against the Hulk. So you you do a huge fan service there because everyone wants to see that, and then you also kind of introduce oh well Wolverine is now in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, and you can always see the cool thing of an after credit scene where you just see this, you know, the claws come the out. The claws pop out, yeah. You know, off screen and just pop on the screen and it flashes away. Yep. You know, it was it was like, you know, it's you, you have a lot of moments where you can do that in, in terms of um, getting those guys involved and not knowing, you know, not knowing much of the, the deeper catalog um, of what's left, um, you know, in terms of villains or heroes. Or, or anything else that, that hasn't been introduced. They did introduce a whole lot of people um, over these 21, 22 movies. Right. Um, you know, it's just, and, and even some like C and D level <laughs> Avengers. There's so many. You so, know, they, they even got some of those in and then there's still plenty more. Um, you, you could, you could still, you could pull She-Hulk. You could do yeah. Namor. Yeah. Ghost Rider. You bring Ghost Rider in. You know, it's, there's a ton of characters. Yeah, yeah, there's still a whole bunch, but you you start, like, they chose these characters for a reason, you yeah. know, when they did the first, you know, you know, uh, saga here. It was like the thing I was discussing with, you know, with how the Avengers they chose for this movie shows why the Avengers as a group is is better as, as a storytelling purpose than Justice League is. Because, so you know, because all of these characters, especially the ones they chose for this have some type of flaw or some type of story that, that you can pull from to make them mm-hmm. feel, you know, not just like, hey, you're strong, I'm strong, let's, right. you let's know, go to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you, there, there's real stakes with the Avengers yeah. more than there is, you know, with, and that's why, you know, Justice League probably flopped more because it didn't establish um, any of the uh, backstory of, of those characters to make it uh, an interesting thing to come together. And I think that's why I trust, you know, Feige and, and, and the Russos in, in terms of, you know, being able to grab a character I've never heard of, and maybe you have from, you know, reading the comics, um, and just go, oh, that's a really awesome character. Mm-hmm. You know, why why hasn't he gotten play? Because, you know, because Iron Man, as you said, wasn't, he's probably, what, B, yeah, C tier, maybe, you know? I'd say B, like Thor, you know? Captain America, they're all B, lower you know? A. They weren't Spider-Man and... The x-men yeah yeah so you know they they there there's some wells they can pull from there um and you know being in space it gives you a lot of options and mm-hmm. you know it just the the, the good thing they got to keep doing moving forward is start is to pick the actors um that fit the role more than going for a name they, yeah. they've done that you know you know like we were talking about who 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 would have hired Robert Downey Jr. in 2006? You know, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Chris yeah. Hemsworth was a no, a no one. Yeah, and and Chris Evans was the Human Torch in yeah. a ter- in a terrible two Fantastic Four movies. And, and, you and know, Pratt was this overweight dummy on Parks yeah. and Rec. 
you know, they found the people that fit what the type of story they were telling. Yeah. And didn't didn't go for the big name. It's like it's why I laugh at that, you know, if the Avengers was shot in the nineties, you know, <laughs> Tom thing. Cruise. Yeah, and I'm like, no, they wouldn't have chosen any of those people. I think the <laughs> only one that have fits anyone is, else to choose from. <laughs> you know. Like there were probably actors from back then that you could have that would be in the same category as these guys that you could pull. Mm-hmm. Um I think the only one that fits that feels like she would have been a Marvel character was Winona Ryder. You know. Maybe. You know, in, in the sense Maybe. that she was in you know, some popular movies, but hadn't really had much success since more like a Downey Jr. where he had, mm. you know, his big success and, fell you know, off. fell off a little bit and then got brought into this and, and resurrected, you know. Okay. You know? But yeah, yeah. So I, I, unless if Anthony has anybody else that, that, you know, he can think of in terms of this, I, I don't know, you know, anything, nope. you know, in terms of, of characters we could bring in. You don't have anyone yet? I got nobody. What? How are you going to ask us that question and not have an answer? I, I would like to see Fantastic Four. Um, right. I'm sure Ke- they, they, were, they were Fox, right? So I'm sure yep. Kevin Feige can't wait to figure out how he's going to do that. Um, I like they're, your answer of Doctor Doom. Uh, they're they're yeah. talking five years until they they bring in X-Men and Fantastic Four. Got to slow play it, man. You can't, well, you can't DC this shit. No, well, because they already have their slate up until yeah. you know a certain time, and I guess it's just not in the in the books. Can't DC this shit, man. No, gotta, yeah, you gotta, gotta, it's gotta come in naturally. You gotta earn. Speaking of it. which, I went down a rabbit hole of DC truthers. Ooh boy, man, <laughs> they're so bitter. They are so bitter and just, just delirious. <laughs> so, like, people saying that Justice League was better. Oh yeah, and <sighs> just like. The Snyder's a real director. If only we got that Snyder cut. Right. It's they will hang on to the Snyder cut till their dying day. I I did read something about like they said that Joss Whedon purposely sabotaged it for Marvel. For Marvel. Yeah. You guys are fucking crazy. Yep. This is worse than QAnon. (laughs) The the one I read today was um like oh so let me get this straight. Thor decapitates Thanos out of anger, and that's okay, but Superman can't break Zod's neck and Batman can't kill bad guys. No, because those two have sworn not to kill. That's, <laughs> that's their whole character. Thor kills wantonly yeah. in the comic books. He, he doesn't have that moral code because you know Superman is, if I start killing, what's to stop me? I am, I am basically God. Mm-hmm. I can kill anyone at that point. And Batman's the same thing. If I give in to that anger, I won't be able to come back from that darkness. Yeah. So that's why he doesn't kill. <laughs> so I also it's... saw something where it was like, they were like, so Captain America could say to his himself, Bucky's still alive. Oh, Martha. And, I, and then, but, <laughs> yeah, but they can't say Martha. Like, yeah, but it's context. And it's <laughs> earned. <laughs> that's more earned. Yeah. Right. It's, you you had a whole movie set up for that. You, yeah. you you can't just have Batman hell bent on killing Superman, and Superman just says a word like, "Oh, now now we're cool." That just works <laughs> solely yeah. because your mothers shared the same name. Right. Yeah. Th- this is your best friend. This is this is basically your only family left. Yeah. And like, oh well, that that's the same thing as Martha. Fuck out of here. Yeah, I feel and, like I feel like they're bots in really by DC. They're DC plants. Yeah, 
I, I the only thing I can imagine is that they are people that have for years held that Batman is such a cool character and Superman is over some of the Marvel people, mm-hmm. you know, and now, you know, they see the Marvel people actually, you know, having success with their vast library of superheroes and just can't give up that, um, you know, fanboy, you know, turf war sort of sort of thing instead of enjoying everything right you know because it only helps you out with with marvel's success dc is going to keep bringing more superheroes out because people will see avengers made a a billion dollars in three days so we need to do that yeah without without marvel and the stuff they did do we get the harley quinn movie probably not you know you know like they pioneered they didn't just pioneer superhero movies they pioneered film for the you know for the foreseeable future everyone wants in on these shared universes yeah if it wasn't for you know uh you know feggy and and all the stuff that's going on the last 10 years and this isn't you know me you know just heaping the praise but he basically he changed the the idea of the superhero movies from you know the Bruckheimer batmans Mm -hmm. those early spider-man which were two of them were good um and you know that stuff the first fantastic four those x-men movies and just turned it on like no it doesn't need to be like that you can tell actual stories with these characters you don't need to just try to make it you know panel for panel you know uh copies of the comics right you can make actual movies um with these people if you pick the right actors the right you know heroes to choose you know, and not just keep throwing out the ones that everybody's known for 60 years. Sure. You know, if, if, if let's just say DC resets by doing the, I don't know, Flash movie like Iron Man, you know, in like five years and then starts building it up to Batman that way. Right. You know, instead of starting with Batman and building down to the B and C level characters. Right. You know, maybe maybe the success Marvel has had will show DC that, no, the way you've been doing it is not. You know, the way to succeed, you don't bang the audience over the head with the same character. Sure. All right, we're getting a little long in the tooth, so I'm going to wrap it up. All right, guys, ratings. Ten. Mark? Yeah. Yeah, I've been, as as you had joked earlier uh, amongst us talking about it, I've been trying to find reasons to not give it a ten because I'm very stingy about my tens. But, yeah, I, I haven't stopped thinking about this movie since I saw it Friday. And it's the first movie that I actively am attempting to go see a second time since Dark Knight. So, you know, it definitely a 10 on my end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't not give it a 10. Like, I could I could say 9.5, 9.5. Uh, dick. Uh, there's no reason why I can't, why I'm not giving this a 10. So, yeah. it's a 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it's, it's everything I wanted it to be. It felt it felt like an event comic. Um, it was the perfect version of this movie that it could have possibly been. Yeah, agreed. It, it delivered and gave me so much more. <laughs> All right, it, guys. We any last? I, I was just gonna say I I hope they continue to do it in in the future. Yeah. Uh, Mark, any last word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Good> nice work. <laughs> Not even plural. I get one word. Um, Make it and you've used, used it. So. Um, yeah, no, just just going off that is that 
I hope they continue um, to do what um, has got them to this point successfully and not just, you know, keep chasing the box office records in terms of money. Because sometimes you might not get a $200 million opening weekend, but that movie is just as important to the overall scheme of the uh, of the thing to build to another movie to eclipse this in box office. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to have the plan and, and stick to it. And... Stay the course. Yep. Yeah. Well, luckily, the studio that owns them can just take hits left and right and never feel any sort of ramifications of not making I mean, a hit. So. And soon they'll have Hulu, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a, that's gonna have all so any pluggables guys uh follow yeah, us the... on the uh, the twitter and on the instagrams and yeah. all the social medias yeah, the normal stranger damey stuff you know the episode that just posted is the end of our last session um so a nice uh battle and and some important information revealed to the players um at at this point um comes up that's pretty cool. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you could find us. They called us a movie.podbean.com. And you can find us on any streaming app, uh, iTunes, um, Stitcher, uh, any any kind of podcast streaming app that you get your podcast. We should pop up. Just search They Called Us a Movie. We are TheMainDamie.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TheMainDamie.com. We uh, post pretty regularly on those places. Um, we are now part of Geek Vibes Nation, and you could find them on gvnation.com. I do know they just had their own spoiler cast. You can listen to their thoughts. Um, they have a whole. They post. They post a new episode of one of their shows just about every day. So it's a good stream to follow. Just look for Geek Vibes Nation on any podcast streaming app, and they should pop right up. Um, we should be popping up on some episodes in the future. Um, we've been super busy at work um, for some of us and then some other things for other people. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, me not being a Game of Thrones fan yeah. um, essentially left us out of that episode. But we should be showing up on some of their shows in the near future. Um, but uh, for now, I'm Ant Delvec on Twitter. You can find me there. Dan's... D Aquino 122 still this week. Yep. Right. <laughs> Haven't given up on it yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Mark is off the Mark tweet. Um, and that's all the ways you can get it in contact with us. You could send us an email at the main at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, uh, this has been our Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. And so we don't have to tell anybody to go fuck themselves. Um, so. Uh, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Lovecchio telling the Russo brothers, thank you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> there we go. We love you 3,000. Aww. Oh, perfect. Oh. <laughs>